Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. It's happy hour. Every hour's happy hour in my life, Paul. Apart from when it's sad, sad, sad hour. <laughs> When's your sad, sad, sad hour? Uh, the 23 remaining hours of the day. <laughs> um, usually between four and five when I wake up. No, 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 that's a lie, actually. It's when it's eight till nine. And I think, God, here we go again. A.M.? All right. Are you, you going to say four, four or five a.m.? Yeah, because you know me, you wake up, but then I remembered that actually that's quite nice because you wake up and you're like, oh, I've still got a few hours left. Yeah, and I'm never, I'm never up for an hour. Then, my God. Well, good for you. I know. <laughs> Mine's when I'm trying to go to sleep. It's really annoying. I know everyone mm-hmm. has that, but it's just mm-hmm. little tiny things that I don't care about at any other point of the day. Yeah, but. Other than that, you know, happy fucking hour. Do <laughs> Scottish people get a bank holiday? We bloody do. Yay! Finally. I can't believe it. Except we're not going to call it a bank holiday, are we? Oh, are we not? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I tell a you. Day of something. I tell you what. Mm. In the nicest way possible, I'm finding it really weird. And I didn't know how I was going to find it. Mm-hmm. Like I went on my Nectar app today and there was a black <laughs> box in the middle of it that said something about morning, Her Majesty. I got an email from all of the random organizations that we peripherally work with at work, sending uh-huh. me a bulletin as if it's the first time I've found out. I had an event today where I had to have a minute silence. I had an event cancelled on Saturday. The bank holiday and massive events being cancelled. Like, eh? I know. I know. I know I got an email from Dunelm today at about 5pm and I thought, you're slacking. Well, well yeah, fucking hell, it's been a while. <laughs> but the thing is, who, do you think anyone in the country, right, is sitting down at some point at 4.55 today thinking, you know what, fucking Dunelm hasn't said anything about the Queen. Where's my <laughs> message from Dunelm? Or do you think someone sits down at 4.55, gets the email from Dunelm and thinks, holy fucking shit, the Queen's dead. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to go on the promotions tab of my Gmail because I never go on that and see if I've had any more. Yep, I've got one from Hotel Chocolat. Well, no, so, but that's quite, that's quite right because they're quite regal. Yeah, that's true. Who else? Um... <laughs> PLT did a pretty little thing. Did a um, Morning the Queen edit? Sh- no, they did not. <laughs> they did. No, they did not. You did. You could Google it now. Are you taking the piss? Molly, Molly made a black veil. And it's not even black. It's like khaki, outdoorsy, because you know how they like to hunt and do stuff like that. You are Joe. I mean, even I think that's a bit uh, blasphemous a or bit, whatever. Yeah. Molly, what am I Googling? Pretty little thing. Morning. What's it called? <laughs> the Remembering the Queen edit or something like that. Remembering Her Majesty. <gasps> that is 
I don't know if that's potentially the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> How love of Huns can you get? There's loads of things saying that under fire for the disrespectful trip. <laughs> It's what she would have wanted. What are they on about? Surely she wanted to wear a knee-length puffer gilet. <laughs> That's where she got hers from, the Queen. <laughs> What's it? She was the first ever brand ambassador for Pretty Little Thing. <laughs> it's just mental. I, did, I didn't know what... I've just never really thought about it. And then all of a sudden she was dying. And then all of a sudden she was clearly already dead. Yes. And then, and then she was actually <laughs> dead. And then... I don't know, just mad. A minute's silence and I I kind of, no, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but I don't even think she would have cared about her own death this much. No, I don't think she, yeah, I agree. Mainly because she's dead. Mm, exactly. And I've got <sighs> old sausage a... fingers, the king, king sausage <laughs> fingers. <laughs> Better than king noms. I've got fucking Prince Nonce and King Sausage Fingers. Do you remember when that transcript of a conversation between Sausage Fingers and Camilla came out about how he wished he was a Tampax? <laughs> <laughs> so that you could be in a fanny? Yes. That is not the conditions under which I would no. want to be in the fanny. <laughs> like, full Isn't body. That... <laughs> All... He's not saying, I wish, I wish my willy was a tampax. I wish my whole being was a tampax so I could go head first into your... <laughs> Tie a rope around my ankles so you can tug me out. <laughs> so fucking Prince Nonce can come and drag us out when I'm ready, when I can't breathe anymore. Hey, lordy loo. Uh, anyway, any... Anything else to report on before before we move on? Well, I know it's old news, but I just want to give one final update on Serena because when I was editing the podcast... (laughs) (laughs) No, listen. Uh... (laughs) Because I've left them on a cliffhanger. Oh, oh, yeah, you did. did. Because it was only Friday when the podcast came out. So in podcast world, it's only going to have been a week. Mm -hmm. And... I'd like you all to know that I did stay up on that night and I was buzzing because it was one of the best matches I'd seen in a long time. Best she'd played in years. She beat the world number two. Even I was doubting her, if you remember correctly, and Mm -hmm. she won. And then luckily, I got a horrible bout of food poisoning on the Friday. So I was completely delirious. And (laughs) I kept like falling asleep for five seconds and waking up six hours later and then shitting myself. And because of that, I completely missed our final match, which she lost. Oh, but yeah. great, because she lost. So my final oh, no. experience of Serena is oh, yeah. her beating the world number two. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. The end. And I just pretend that's that a, the end, but it didn't happen. That's a really nice way of framing it, because I would have I would have looked at it the other way. Yeah, I'm, I see glass half full, man. Yes. Um, you're welcome, by the way. I don't. Honestly, I'm glad we had that conversation because I probably wouldn't have because I'm a right pussy. I don't <laughs> like uh, having not a lot of sleep. What did, what did you say to me the day after? Um, I said that when I was thinking about, when I was imagining what it would be like to wake up with no sleep, I was forgetting that I wouldn't have been out mortal until 4am. So the times when I've really regretted it is when I've been out till 4am mortal and then got up and gone to work and been mm-hmm. still drunk. Well, like when I got sent home from work that time, 
feeling <laughs> sick. But when I, ha- I hadn't drank a drop, so I woke up, yeah, a little bit groggy, but I was actually absolutely fine. So I was conflating two completely different experiences. When I, yeah. when I have very little sleep, it's usually because I've been mortal. It's go. a life lesson. I've learned it a is. lot. And I'm, you, I'm Imagine happy. all of the TV and film you can watch now. That is so true. And you know what? I got up at 7 a.m. today, which I know isn't early for some, but I thought, you know what? Who cares if I haven't had full light? This is life-changing. This is truly life-changing yeah. experience. So thanks, Serena. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more thing that I'll thank you for. Uh, what about you? What's going on with you? Um, I've just got back from a weekend in London where I didn't see you. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It's okay. I knew about it. It wasn't a secret. She can't lie because I have her on Find My Friends. So I would have known. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I can never surprise you again. Do you remember that one time I surprised? <gasps> Wait. I swear to God, I didn't know. To be, I know I sound like a creeper. I don't check it every single day. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Sometimes I get myself into precarious situations and I think it'll be fine because I won't be gone for longer than 24 hours without poor web alerting the authorities. Well, that's true. I probably wouldn't go two days, but I genuinely didn't know that time when you surprised us. Okay. Um, yep. So I was in London to surprise Holly Molly Michaela Smelt for her birthday. It was wonderful. And she was surprised. Holly Molly? She... I've told you Holly's name. She is not Maybe? called Holly Molly. Holly Molly Michaela Smelt. You're this is probably a huge breach of GDPR. I know. Have you got a national insurance number while you're at it? You want to hear a really, a really good story? Yeah. When Holly's Holly Molly Michaela Smelt's parents, HMMS, went to go and <clears throat> register it, her birth. Uh-huh. MMS, yeah. Um, the registrar obviously didn't say anything at the time, just duly typed in that insane name. And then the next woman into the registry office was there to report, uh, to register her husband's death. And she was obviously really upset, this old lady. And she was like giving the details, whatever. And the registrar went, listen, to cheer you up. And then normally I wouldn't do this, but to cheer you up, I just registered a baby called Holly Molly Michaela Smelt. Can you believe that? And the old woman went, yes, I can, because she's my granddaughter. <laughs> No. Ah, imagine being the registrar. You'd be like, and like, what a beautiful name. <laughs> <laughs> e, my God. Just... Was... So who died at the same time she was born? A granddad. granddad, I think. I think so, yeah. Oh. I might have got, it might have been an aunt or something like that, but. A circle of life, eh? Yeah. Maybe that's why Holly acts like so much of an old man, because <laughs> she's filled with the spirit of that person that died. Oh, this beautiful. is a real test because I know that Holly stops listening to these. So one day in the distant future, I'll get a message. <gasps> Jack's got his espresso martini. Can we quickly talk about the drinks? Yeah, mine are still in the fridge. We'll go and get them. Yeah, I will. I'm just going to have a quick wee as well. Okay. Cheers. I feel like it's... Oh, it's sweet. Jesus. Too much sugar syrup. <clears throat> Okay. You said they were hard to fuck up and I proved you wrong. <laughs> Did I? Should I not have said? <laughs> I didn't give her email address. Can, what, how much damage can you do with someone's um, full name? Well, I'm sure a listener will find out. I'll ask her if I have her permission. 
Hang on, I'll just voice note that now. Holly. Hi, Holly. Do I have permission to use your full name on the podcast or is that a dangerous breach of GDPR? <laughs> Are you confirmed with Holly Mully? Yeah, because Jack's just said that it was a breach of GDPR and now I'm worried that she's going to get her account hacked. You can't GDPR your own mates, can you? I don't know. Yeah, funny. She'll say yeah, I know she will. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, let's talk about the drinks first, just because it's fucking happy hour. Woohoo. And it's what? a Monday night. I know. Remember when we said we definitely won't do this on a Monday? Yeah. But fuck it, because I don't need no sleep. Sleep <laughs> fast, die young. What is it? Die hard. Die hard. <laughs> sleep what? Live fast. <laughs> Live fast, die young. Fast, die young. That's nothing to do yeah. with sleep, though. Oh, there's well, you sleep, sleep when you're dead. dead. That's what I meant. That is what I meant. Jesus. Or sleep is for the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you okay. go first. Paul. What? What did I say I was going to drink? I what thought... were my two happy hour drinks? Well, I think we're doing did the we... same. All right, well, go on. What were they? Oh, oh, an espresso martini and a prosecco chaser. Oh, I've fucking done it. Have you? I've got an espresso martini and a Prosecco chaser. This is a podcast first, isn't it? It is, especially, and it's quite a hard one as well. And it's two. There are two of them. I can't fucking believe it. That's it, Paul. You wait for one bus for 20 minutes and two come along at once. <laughs> oh, my God. I've just noticed. So I've got the same, but unfortunately, I was really <gasps> excited for Michael's one. Then I realized we didn't have vodka, didn't have Kahlua, didn't have, I was like, I'm not spending 30 pounds today. So I just ended up getting this Kahlua can. Uh huh. And you know <gasps> what I've just seen, right? This is abominable. 200 milliliters this can is. And on the front, oh, no. it says made for calories. two. No, shut up. Made for two. Are you joking? Look two. at that. Two borrowers yeah fucking me if art oh, does say borrowers actually underneath it's just in a different color Maybe right for two borrowers hang on um holly has said ha 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 in what context to say i'm your absolute best mate certainly let everyone know okay brilliant cool. uh, thank you to my best friend holly molly michaela smelt <laughs> right so i've never had this version i had i have had a can is yours canned no i made it myself and it's oh, quite shit is it? Yeah. Well, the canned yeah. ones are usually awful, but this one's Kahlua and it says the espresso martini foam is created with magic nitrogen. Oh, God. Mm. Okay, so I'm guessing I shake it. Yeah. But if it's got nitrogen in, is my face going to blow up? Oh, I would love that if it exploded. Not your face blown off, but if it just exploded everywhere. <laughs> no, don't. It would say shake before you, so if it wanted us to do that, wouldn't it? Mm. Maybe do a sideways shake like this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll do. Okay. You just wanted to go everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right, let's see what you look like. In the meantime, I put too much sugar syrup in mine, and also I couldn't properly strain the espresso, so there were some gritty bits in there as well, Jack, in case you hadn't noticed. And I also put about quadruple the amount of vodka required. Oh. Hope so, too. Right. Cheers. Oh, God. Cheers. It doesn't look too bad from the top. It looks good. That looks right. better than fucking. Ready? That's all right, that. <sighs> and then I've got my little bottle of prose. <laughs> is yours, Vile? It's not Vile, it's just 
It's just sugar and vodka and a hint of coffee behind it all. So gorgeous. Mm. All right. I'm just going to open this. Oh, it's not going to be. Oh, it's one of them shitty ones. It's not a poppy one. I'll just do this. Uh. Whoa, that was really good. I'm the only person I've ever met who can do that. What? No, it's a, it's a, it's a push out rather than a suck in. Wait. Are you dry in your mouth? Yeah, dry. I just did it. <laughs> nah, I've, honestly, no one can do it. Mm. Anyway, oh, I just did it. You fucking didn't. You just went. <laughs> I can do it too. <laughs> right. See these two drinks, four seventy-five. Not joking? bad, is it? Fuck. Well, I've, I'm going to say you've not done it properly. Fine, you can say that. You waste <laughs> your money. Right. So I saw your eyes flare then, but you took the higher ground. I did. Always do. <laughs> I'm very mature. Oh, it is my week. Yes. So this week... Sarah, we're reading Happy Hour by Marlo Granados. Would you say Granados? Yeah. And it's a debut. It's basically about these two young women, 21, mm-hmm. just flitting around New York City, going to as many happy hours as possible, but with no money. So they're just <laughs> trying to get people to give them free shit all the time, like oysters and stuff. Don't have jobs. They just work on some random market stall. They do a bit of weird naked modeling and just pass judgment on people and drink French martinis. I mean, that's it. There's no plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sarah, what did you think? Mm-hmm. I think, Paul, <laughs> that this book would be very divisive. Is that the right word? Divisive. Yeah. Yeah. You would either love it or hate it. And I am in the former. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it's, so it's written in the style of a diary. So it's like, um, yeah, entries throughout summer. They moved there for this. They moved to New York for the summer with no money. They're sharing a room and uh, they just go out every single night. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not joking every line had me pissing myself because the narrator Issa was like this I couldn't I couldn't find the right word for it because it wasn't she wasn't like sarcastic because she wasn't trying to be she funny trying to be she wasn't earnest because that would be too much mm-hmm. she was like it was deadpan but to but again, that like indicates an element of knowing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And she just didn't, but she was, I think she's just the funniest character that I've ever read. I <laughs> loved her. Like there, uh, there were so many bits that I highlighted that were just so funny. <laughs> and she doesn't seem to, they, neither of them seem to give a shit about anything whatsoever. Um, and it seems like if I said that, that seems quite unrealistic and like, these two people surely couldn't exist then because they'd be so detached from reality that that you know there's got to be a semblance of consciousness to the things that they're doing whereas seemingly there isn't but there are these really relatable moments like she'll talk about when 
I mean, there are too many examples because it was quite monotonous and it was quite like, well, there was absolutely no plot. And I know I've said before that I think last week I like a book that is all character, little plot. I think a plot would have been nice, but also that would have been too try hard. And like, yeah, yeah, they would just somehow come up with these really relatable circumstances, despite the fact that their responses were so unrelatable. And like, it'd even just be like about how people are more interested in pursuing a relationship with somebody if they know that that person isn't interested in them. So it's like these quite general, relatable concepts, but in the most bizarre framing and I just thought it was hilarious and also the fact that they just loved going out and getting pissed but not even loved it just be like like I think she said maybe once a diary entry like the best nights out are the ones that you aren't like expecting and it's like well babe sure you're expecting it because you you're doing it every night (laughs) (laughs) my favorite part as well is that like they go to New York and she's like this lost girl and they don't really know whether they're coming or going. They've not got any money, whatever. But every single day that they're out and about in New York, she'll bump into an old friend from some part of the world. And she'll be like, and then he invited me to a party. And so we went and I met this other person. And then she'll just say these hilarious things and then go home. There was no sex. There was no debauchery. Like it was just, that was, there's, I think. Happy hour. It was just happy hour. I think the thing that was really smart about it is that it had the potential to go so much. It felt as though there was more to it than there was. Like it felt as though these interactions meant more and that something more was going to happen or Mm -hmm. like something big was this, this whole pretty inconsequential scene between somebody that she bumps into on a, on the Metro platform. And then, what's it called the subway platform and then um like I don't know the first time that she met them it's kind of like oh is this going to be something really important and it wasn't but never once did I get lulled into that where I was like oh I know I know now what's coming every single time I was like oh yeah maybe this is really important yeah this is it and I think maybe that like I think it balanced mundanity against quite unrelatable extraordinary circumstances because they were quite ridiculous these circumstances and one of my favorites was like the (laughs) they realized these two girls that they're paying like quadruple the amount of rent they should be for the room that they're sharing and they're outraged like they can't believe it because they have to do all these weird little cash in hand jobs to make money and they know that the girl they're renting the room from is just at the beach, like just off New York so they're like right we're going to the beach so they go and get changed into the swimming costume (laughs) and they like go into the beach and they quickly stop off for a bit of watermelon and some tacos but they're still fuming the whole time (laughs) and then they get to the beach and they're like we're paying so much more and the girl at the beach is like well duh and they're like ah so we just spent the rest of the day sunbathing (laughs) (laughs) and then they're like and then she'll just and then that's it that's the end of that interaction they're just like there was one time in my life when I've been sunburned and then she just goes off to tell you about this time that she got sunburned I loved it Paul I thought it was so fucking funny. Yeah, um, there, there was loads of fun. It was it was strange hearing it through Issa's perspective because on 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 some levels they were just extremely shallow. Yeah. But then she was experiencing 
Well, she was experiencing racism quite a lot in the sense that so there's Issa's friend is Gala and Gala is blonde and white and mm-hmm. pretty. And I think Issa's really gorgeous as well, but isn't white. Yeah. And mm-hmm. things happen for Gala that don't happen for Issa. And Issa's interactions with people are different than they are with Gala. So, but you're hearing it through this 21 year old. Like, it's not that she's vapid or she has some interesting things to say, but it's just never that deep. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But but there's the illusion of depth, which I think yes, is what it's... Yeah. Because it's almost as though she's ascended above it. Then it, it's not that it's gone over her head. It's that she's coming over everyone else's heads. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll say stuff to her like, you're exotic. You're exotic looking. And then she's always like, that's so funny because I've, I've never actually been south of the equator. And then people don't mm-hmm. know like, how to respond, but she's just like, la, la, la. And, like, floats <laughs> off into a different room and drinks more martinis. <laughs> oh god yeah and that gives the illusion of like extreme intelligence it's like if you're in a conversation with her you would just never know if you were coming or going you would never have the upper hand but because the illusion is that she has it constantly but actually she just does not care about anything enough like even the fact that they they, they obviously had money struggles they could barely eat <laughs> like this was one line that made me piss as I was well. like Gala saying people keep telling us that we're so skinny but no one ever wants to feed us <laughs> And the irony is everyone feeds them all the time. Free just stuff. constantly. Just constant constantly. Oyster. Maybe if you ate something other than oysters, you might oysters. have a bit of fucking weight on you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they've obviously got these, like, money problems. Obviously, they've obviously got problems that they need to, or they, like, like that, that they need to maybe think about, but they just don't. And, like, the, another line that I thought was really funny was it was, like, they'd realised that, um, they had to pay rent in like a couple of days so <laughs> they had like a second of panic and then they just went and sat on the front stoop to calm down <laughs> just like, <laughs> and just judge people that walked past and then that's it they don't think about it again <laughs> oh what a way to live I was so jealous I was so jealous what did you th- what did you think about- well did you notice that the book's dedicated to my gala Yes. For I my did. mother and my Gala. So Gala is, yeah, the other character. What did you think of Gala? Um, I, well, it's difficult because in that perspective, written as a diary, it's hard not to have the same affection for her that Issa does. I mean, obviously there's no like evolution of the affection. It's just the relationship exists before the book begins and we don't get anything by way of like context obviously mm. because she's not got time for that um but obviously that she's incredibly frustrating and quite whingy but also it's just and quite detached as well do you know what I mean like the best friends but you don't get any depth of character but then it's because I think of the the form like it's it's a diary so you wouldn't just one day sit down writing your diary like my friend Gala likes these and that do the same kind of character analysis that you would in mm-hmm. a normal book um but I still thought she was really fucking funny like Easter will have a problem that she doesn't really recognize and then Gala, <laughs> there was this one, again another line that seemed to be just seared into my memory um 
they leave a party early and because Issa wants to and Gala's mad about it and Gala says you're a real piece of work and she like capitalizes piece of work in the writing and Issa says I hope she meant like art <laughs> <laughs> and it's so sincere like that's the thought it's not she doesn't it's not a joke no no <laughs> anyway what did you think of Gala because that was a I thought one. Gala was a fucking nightmare did you? I didn't have. I wouldn't I want to be mates with her. No, no, I, exactly. Well, that's what I was thinking. If I was her gala and I read that book and was like, "Sorry, am I a gala?" Oh, I see what you're going. I'd be yes. like, "Are you taking the piss? Is that what you think of us?" I thought gala was a fucking nightmare. Like, I just wanted gala to go away at all times. But do you think gala? If gala was like gala in the book, gala wouldn't recognize. Like gala would just gala be would, like. Well, she wouldn't recognize she, herself. Yeah. She wouldn't read it. She wouldn't read the book. No, she wouldn't. She wouldn't. You're right. Is that your espresso martini? Yeah. Jack said to me just as I was making it, I went, I've never made an espresso martini before. And he went, you can't really fuck them up. Well, oh. I beg to differ. <laughs> During the fringe, I paid nine pounds for an espresso martini and I paid. And then she turned around and just poured it from a tap. I was like, oh, excellent. Oh, uh, that happens more and more in London. Mm, in a paper cup as well. I was like, Ooh, why don't rude. you... I was like, do you know what? Forget the espresso martini. Why don't you just spit in my face and call it a day? <laughs> I'll give you a fucking £10 if you spit in my face. <laughs> yeah, so if you think about the kind of people that you and I are, hmm. so I had lots of the same thoughts as you. I did enjoy funny. It was so... See if you can think of some of the things that I was feeling when I was reading this book. I knew exactly, yeah. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. Well, just that that could never or would ever be you. You would be too stressed out by these situations that you that you could not exist in that environment for longer than five minutes. Exactly. I <laughs> was anxious on their behalf. Yeah. I was getting really pissed off that they wouldn't just get a fucking job. <laughs> I just, I'm not, I don't suffer like floaty people particularly well. Why are you friends with me then? <laughs> because, no. You're... My like your gateway drug into that world. Like I'm a soft version of that. Just, I wish I could be more like that, but I actually do have yeah, a yeah, job. Exactly. We all wish we could be a bit more like that, but I need people who can can have the at least a toe on the ground. <laughs> Otherwise, I I just can't. I just can't be around it. People who just don't understand or have give any any modicum of effort into understanding how the world works and that some things are just <laughs> like this and we just have to deal with it and maybe find the humor in it, but actually fucking get a job and pay your rent. <laughs> All right, Katie Hopkins. <laughs> you know what I think the problem is, Sarah? I think that women today just need to get up and fucking work. Nobody seems to want to work anymore. No one wants to get off at their fucking ass and get a job. I watched that clip today. Uh, no, so I love it. I'm glad that they didn't exist around me because I just would have ruined all of the happy hours for them. I would hmm. have been like, no, no, babe, we need to go to the job center. <laughs> you would have sat them out, sat them down outside in the smoking area and, and gone, no, but no, seriously what are you going to do? And they'd be like, I'm going to think about toadstools and, and do a dance to the moon. And you'd be like, no, no, no. Do not get off this swing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until we have pinned down a plan. 
yeah and and no I knew exactly but this thing I have friends that are very much like these characters and they do my nutting but I do not no but you love hearing about them Oh, absolutely. So reading it was, and I was detached from it. So that was great. Yeah. But then the more I read it, the more I felt like I was there, which mm-hmm. I suppose is a testament to the writing, but mm-hmm. I did not want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted isn't to be there, in bed. <laughs> isn't it impressive when plot emulates, I don't know what I'm trying to say, like the story went nowhere just as these girls' lives are going nowhere. And, there's, mm. and that was just totally the point. Mm-hmm. Like it was like you can choose to get pissed off of this, but <laughs> these two characters are real people. Like they're gonna. I really wouldn't be surprised if this was a real diary. I mean, obviously with embellishments, yeah. but oh, who's angry outside your house? Oh, did you hear that beep beep? Yeah, I did. I think mm. uh, no, that's gonna make a really rubbish joke. Yeah. Um. Mm. Yeah. What did you, I always as well? And this, I've, I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with the idea of privilege and how that manifests and it's the thing that irritates me the most in any situation ever and I don't I don't even know why mm-hmm. and I don't even know what my point is maybe you can help but there mm-hmm. was something so utterly privileged about the way that they lived their lives even though they quote-unquote had no money and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like it can't be that fucking bad if if at all times you can somehow get yourself a French martini. If the French martini is the thing that you are looking for, then you're fine. And getting, yeah. yeah. No, a hundred percent. And there was zero acknowledgement of it as well. Mm. But then we didn't know because you're right. They didn't give us any backstory and you're right. I hadn't even thought about it. That's such a good point that in a diary, you're not going to start giving the backstory of your best friend. But I think I was, I really wanted it. But I think that was the point. Mm-hmm. Th- that was the point. They were never going to give us it and I didn't deserve because- it. And that would give away too much mm-hmm. reality. Do you know what I mean? That would give away the bare bones of it, like the nitty gritty. Yeah. You've got to, there has to be this elusiveness. Yeah. I think they were obviously very beautiful. They would get, there was one point when their main job was going to this bar and just getting meant to buy bottles for them, which then meant they would also get commission. So there were these beautiful women and they got, modeling offers and and they went to these really exclusive parties where act famous actors would try and chat them up whatever mm. there was obvious wealth um the biggest allusion to that was that Issa had spent some time traveling around europe and mm-hmm. spent time in london and 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 but oh no actually the biggest illusion is that attitude that it doesn't matter that i'm 300 pounds dollars below my rent which is due in a day because I know that somehow I'll fall on my feet because I always have because I've got that constant safety net yeah and the yeah I think the way the better way of framing this was like it it's like reading the diary of a privately educated schoolgirl who's having a few experimental years Mm -hmm. and like is ultimately bored I think that is the whole point and maybe as well like the fact that there isn't any plot and that it becomes tedious and maybe a little bit boring it's like this is what this girl's life is but she's chosen it to be this way even the things that are quite dramatic in terms of actually what happens like the they're never real they're never really in any kind of danger but there's like one time when someone's following them down the street and stuff like that there's no 
there are, I say this every single podcast, but there were no stakes involved for them. <laughs> um, because they've obviously never had a real problem in their lives. Yeah. It, well, it then, like... but then it's alluded to Issa's past. Mm-mm. Am I remembering this correctly? Someone died, maybe? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember. I feel like there was another allusion to something that happened in Issa's life. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear about this. And then obviously we didn't. Never do. Yeah. Mate, yeah. It was very bored private school girl. But but then, yeah, I want, again, I just wanted to know, like, mm-hmm. then I read a review that said, it's so wonderful to read this book that there's just no real suffering in. They're just having a fabulous time. They're just going around New York and having a great time. That's what I was going to say when you were talking about the like racism that she experiences and then there is the sexism like men treat Issa quite poorly mm. or they're, they're always trying to regain that natural ish patriarchal control where they're trying to like assert some kind of dominance over and, and belittle her and humiliate her and sometimes it works but she never lets them in on it and and even if it does work even if she's humiliated it's only for like a couple of seconds and it's not in a relatable way so it's not a way that would like make me feel mm-hmm weird when Triggered. I read it but it was only afterwards that she'd then be like I didn't like the way that he was trying to insinuate this thing or whatever and then she just breezed past it in like a couple of sentences mm-hmm. and I thought that was just so it was just so fucking nice it was just nice to read about 21 year old women in New York that could go out and have loads of fun if even if they were having fun <laughs> I don't know it's up for mm-hmm. up for discussion um with yeah no real threat or danger or like no big disruption of the equilibrium where something severe was going to happen to one of them mm-hmm. um and it's almost like how what we were saying last week for such a fun age where amira is just this 25 year old woman who doesn't necessarily need to be as involved in the politics of her blackness as all of the white characters around her seem to need to be it was sort of the same for these two characters where it was like the pressures of racism and sexism and I guess to an extent being broke and having to do things for money that you wouldn't normally want to do were pressing in on them, but they remained unfazed Mm -hmm. in the wake of it all. And not even just unfazed, but just like it didn't even, it wasn't a threat to them ever. It wasn't something that they spent a lot of time dwelling on. They were just like... Should we go and get pissed tonight? <laughs> They'd be like, God, yeah, we've got such fabulous stamina. <laughs> and then they'd sleep until 2 p.m. And be like, oh, shit, we missed our slot at the market store where we were only ever going to make $20 anyway and end up buying more stuff than we sold. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think the thing that I took away from that review, I agree, it's nice to read people that are just having a great time. But where my neuroses came out is that there was not a single point of that novel where I wanted to be there. And I think there's oh, really? so much of it where lots of the reviewers like, oh, it's just, I wish I was there drinking the martini. Never once did I want to be there. But I would have just <laughs> shriveled with anxiety. The one party that I really wanted to be at was the one with the actor Sage Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to chat up Issa and she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Oh no, but then she comes over to that girl because then a girl comes over and tries to chat up the actor and she's sitting in her seat and Issa goes over and she's like, you're in my seat. And, the girl, and it's not some, they're like sitting on the floor of some weird, <laughs> it's a Japanese party and they're all quite problematically wearing yeah. kimono. And 
and they're all upstairs or downstairs in this bar with like the shutters closed sitting on the ground and then yeah he's just like uh, I'm sitting there move and this girl's like ah. <laughs> I would have quite liked to have been at that party yeah maybe as an observer yeah. for a little bit oh yeah oh yeah 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 um and then I suppose something happens that is maybe a little bit unexpected in the relationship with Gala and Issa that isn't particularly well isn't resolved at all by the end of the book so that was quite an interesting plot point I suppose but that even made me think even more I hope her version of Gala is not reading it or I just hope that she's not friends with maybe maybe her version of Gala was from when she was 21 and they Mm. don't speak anymore and Mm. she's like cheers Gala you made me write this book but they cannot be besties still I was just thinking maybe Gala's dead. Let's Google Ooh. the age of, what's she called, Marlo? Have you got the hard copy? No, 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 I've got it on my There's Kindle. There's a gorgeous picture of Marlo at the back. And she <gasps> doesn't look, she doesn't look old at all. She could be in her 20s. Oh my God, it's one, let me see, how old is she? How old are you, Gala? Gala? No, Marlo. Oh my God, I've not, I've only just realised this. This is quite cool. It's kind of a bit glitchy. Go on. Wait. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. I would and drink that. on the other side as well. Oh, Cute. that's really nice. Uh, she's 20. No, she'll be 30 now. My age. Um, yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe her and Gala no longer speak. I hope for her sake, if she, well, she's obviously done well for herself. She's written a book. I hope she is <laughs> got herself a nine to five. There was a real nice break in the fourth wall moment when it was like, she they get invited to some like party filled with artists and the person that's invited them is introducing them to some other artists and it's and they're like these two girls like you'll really enjoy them because they're not here to make their own art be that like musical writing or fashion or whatever they're just simply here to observe and have a good time and then the person that they're telling that to another artist is like unless they're gathering content and I was like oh yeah that's exactly what she was doing that whole time yeah it was right waiting to write the most boring yet still hilarious book <laughs> of 2022 exactly um as i move on to my prosecco chaser mm-hmm. should we do some quotes yeah i've been just swilling the two in my mouth at once which is oh, nice. yeah mm-hmm. do you want a top up of any kind jack pink bubbles <laughs> i like this i can't remember who this is but they've gone to, oh lilu they've gone to dinner with lilu in chelsea posh part uh-huh. of new york um, the six o'clock sun was still bright, yellowing the white walls. Lilo was halfway through a fig and goat's cheese salad when we arrived because she said she simply wasn't going to wait and she didn't think we were going to eat anyway. <laughs> Lilo is six feet tall in flats. So when we saw her at the restaurant, I made sure she didn't get up to greet us. She announced that she was having a small affair with an older man who had a baby on the way. <laughs> Gala said, you'd think he would be satisfied already having you to take care of. Lilo tutted. Having never met Gala, she did not entirely understand. I don't know how you mean. I turned 22 in May. She brushed off Gala's comment, pulling her hair into a bun to provide punctuation. The situation was controversial enough previous to this, I said. Plus a baby is proof of virility. And that's always frightening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my God, there was that one point where she was talking about being pregnant. Should I once have an interloper myself? (laughs) (laughs) Just so many quotes were so funny. 
<laughs> this is one bit when these nine men come to New York. <laughs> you should always keep old friends happy because they know more about you than you'd like. On Saturday night, Garlow and I were enlisted to entertain some old acquaintances who were in town for a long weekend. They travelled here as a group of nine. I only know some of them, James in particular, because Garlow used to throw rocks at his bedroom window. They've rented a one-bedroom. I'm not entirely familiar with the new <laughs> with New York reality, but that seems like insufficient space for nine grown men. <laughs> and she's not joking. But she's not. That's she's just like she's mm, not. I'm not sure. She's not being sarcastic there. <laughs> this is just quickly about Gala. She has never been kind to those she deems easy to talk to. Gala believes conversation should be brimming at an argument. <laughs> <laughs> What's this one? Uh... Oh, she described perfectly my favourite time of the day. Oh, do it. We shared a taxi downtown. It was my favourite time of evening when the sun starts to set and the lights come on in the streets and it's all blue and yellow. It's the time when people come home and turn on a lamp and no one thinks to draw their curtains just yet. Civil dusk, it's called. It's the only hour in any city where everything suddenly turns familiar. Ooh, gorgeous. This one was a little allusion to the race thing. The other day, Gala and I had to leave the house at six in the morning to get to a photo studio. Edith's friend had a makeup line and needed models for a shoot. They were looking for a pair of friends, one of whom had to be diverse with a capital D. <laughs> when Edith showed them a picture of me, they said I'd be adequate. Gala, of course, of course, <laughs> was a classic choice. But again, it's like that's problematic. And she's been tokenized in that situation. Just, but she's, she's like, so flippant. Yeah, but. I'll just do that for the money. Yeah. Um, Gala consistently, what I like about Issa is that this diary is written in a way that it seems as though these thoughts that she writes down, she also has out loud, or like right. especially to Gala. And I think there is a bit where Gala makes her read from the diary, like to her at night when they can't sleep or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you get these really long sort of flowy passages from Issa and then Gala will just come in with a really curt quite awful thing to say it's just <laughs> it's this one um Tuesday paid for another round of drinks and said he was going home I told him that was too bad and it was nice to meet him I was happy I made an impression because when you are not looking to make one and do it shows real magnetism I told Gala about it and she said I was fortunate to be in such disadvantaged company <laughs> <laughs> bitch <laughs> I didn't match be your best mate yeah well look at this for Gala as well Everything about Gala has been annoying me. She's developed a habit of looking at herself in every reflective surface. Sometimes I catch her doing it when I'm talking to her. She looks away as though something is catching her eye and it is always her own reflection. (laughs) She never did this before she was blonde. (laughs) Oh, God. What a pair. This this is when she's posing for the paintings. I swear my body creaks if I sit up. If I sit upright for too long, I lose all feeling in my legs. And since I have nothing else to do, I convince myself that once I get out of the pose, I'll be paralyzed or even worse, that I'll lose a limb. <laughs> oh, God. It's fucking hilarious. That's when they start becoming audience members as well. Oh, yeah. To make some money. Also, she has these quite like the way that she states things, I guess, again, because it's a diary. What, like you said last week, you believe what you think mm-hmm. and she'll just write these quite weird things that are, as fact and this one really made me piss myself <laughs> she's talking about skaters and skateboarders right skate 
Skaters are funny. They're lauded not only because they're handsome or alluring, but also because they're athletes. People don't realise that's why, but it's true. Athleticism is pure in how you can only be very good and very bad at sport. And if you're good, you're good. It's not like art or beauty for everything can be argued. You either land a little trick or you don't. People really thirst for that kind of truth in their lives. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if you went to, it's like you've gone to her TED talk. Yeah, yeah. The world's shittest TED talk. Bollocks, yeah. Oh God, it is funny, like. I think that's and all then these before. these flippant these flippant remarks that she makes to people that are trying to chat her up and she can't be bothered. Um, someone they leaned forward, giving me a probing look. I've seen you before. I shrugged, taking a sip of water. I'm always outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There was one line that I thought was one of the worst lines I'd ever read. I can't find it. And you know what? It's probably because I can't decide if it's the worst or the bre- or the best, the breast. <laughs> well. Well, I personally loved it. I just, I just loved reading this absolute rubbish. <laughs> and it being really, really fucking funny. I think it's struck the balance of like wanky high literature. Yeah. And just proper comedy you know you know what I think on a second read it would probably be even funnier because even Mm. now I'm looking at the front and even the fact that it's called happy hour a novel (laughs) (laughs) it's just funny you think the one thing potentially that constitutes a novel is plot wrong happy hour a novel and it's just pictures of them drinking it's (laughs) it's just her diary it's, it's her diary and it's like her but again, just imagine her doing a TED talk, like, yeah, with like the little clicker. This like, is me. Like, oh my God, you know what? This is a novel. I've done a novel. <laughs> oh my God, my life is actually mega interesting. Yeah, what's it about? Um, well, mainly just go happy me. hours. <laughs> yeah, me and getting pissed. I don't know. Yeah, what's not to like? What am I talking about? No, I think I just need to take my anxiety out of it and then it's perfect. Right, Marlo. Cheers, my hern. Sessa, she's called Marlo as well. What a name. Oh, it's a gorgeous name. I'm watching Real Housewives of Atlanta at the minute, and there's a Marlo in that. Marlo Hampton. Oh, what that's a gorgeous rich. name. Right, I thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So, we've got two topics to cover. The first mm-hmm. is the real, no, the first is selling the OC. Yes, it is. So I watched all eight episodes on Saturday. You watched all eight episodes on Sunday. I want you to tell me <laughs> what you think. I'm speechless, but that is TV, isn't it? That is, a, that is TV. TV. My favourite part is that there are three Alexandras. Classic. How good is that? And they're all furious about it. Yeah. What, but I've got some thoughts. Okay. Oh, so okay. I want you to tell me, just tell me what you thought of the characters and things. Okay. So main character Alex, the main Alex. We'll call them Hall is the main one. And then Rose and Jarvis are the two that are like the partners. Yeah. Rose I mean not like lesbians. The eyebrows. Yeah. This side of my face has gone numb and I don't know if I'm having a stroke or well, we'll just quickly do the part and then we'll deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, probably from the fucking espresso martini. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Jack is on a face numb. <laughs> He says a little bit. Oh, God, right. Um, 
Hall is like, so first of all, so many, because I watched it with a group of people and we were all incredibly hungover. Mm-hmm. Collectively, we had one brain cell. Mm-hmm. Hall is a combination of, hear me out, a character from Shark Tale, Britney Spears, in terms of looks, desperately trying to be Chriselle. I'm agreeing on all fronts so far. Um, and I think she's not quite perfect reality TV potential just because she's too polished and she doesn't realise the things that she's doing and how that... And I know that good reality TV is when people do stupid stuff and they don't realise it, but she's aware of it being on TV, but she still does these... I don't know, it's hard to explain... I don't want to give anything away either, but there's a little bit of like potential home wrecking going on that she's really happy to to fan the flames. The fire with. Yeah, fan the flames. But she, I, I wasn't too comfortable with some of her behaviour around the married men. No, uh, my take is, and I don't think it's necessarily an original take, but they'd set up Hall, Polly, well, mainly Hall and Polly as. Yeah the cool girls, the Chrishell and Mary sort of situation. And for the first episode or so, I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, they're both gorgeous. Polly's from Yorkshire, which is nice. Also, the Southerners, I said when when Polly gets riled up, because I was in London when I was watching this, I was like, when Polly gets riled up, you can really hear the Yorkshire. And one of them went, how do you know she's from Yorkshire? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, But by far and away, my favourite character is Jarvis. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She yeah, yeah. was class. Nothing phased her. She was so poised. She was so above all of the shit. And she is reality TV gold. That's gold. what I mean when like people are made for reality mm-hmm. TV. It's people like her. It's people like Christine Quinn. Yeah. Maybe. No, it is. It is. Christine it Quinn. is. Christine season one and two. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I thought it was genius editing to give us the inside story on. Rose, Alex, Alexander Rose, about mm-hmm. her struggles and stuff in front of whoever's mom that was. Th- th- I was obsessed with that mom, Gio's mom. Wow. Wow. Obsessed. She, but she needs to be on the screen more. She, she does. So I thought that was really clever that they gave us that backstory and really, in, well, personally speaking, really endeared me to Alexander Rose. Mm-hmm. And then they have no clue and they think that they are winning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every time Polly stuck her fucking tongue between her teeth, I wanted to punch her even more. It was infuriating. And by the end, I genuinely thought that they were bullies. Yes. I thought Polly and Alex Hall were bullying. I really did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay, good. And also, you said that Polly's beautiful and she is, but she's the most expressionistic person on the planet that it makes her look like she's on a come down from meth. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately that just is <laughs> a bit of a turn off mm-hmm. and i've i've never seen someone's face distort so much her eyes were coming out of her head yeah when she was talking and she did she had a viper-esqueness about her and yeah, yeah she, she did she did and i just felt... commented on the way that a woman looks that's that's awful well i think and, and she really went for that brushing up the eyebrows thing. I know that's popular now, but I just, she really Very went laminated for that. Kayla, um, I felt sorry for. I know she no, did what she no. did, but I felt sorry for her. I did. And I thought by, in the, in the last, I think it's the last episode where he starts screaming 
this oh, really okay, yeah. reserved guy who's Britney Snow's husband um, mm-hmm. started laying into Alex Rose and Alex Jarvis and they just on the boat. took it on the boat and yeah. then they just walked away I thought he really embarrassed himself so yeah I, I, I felt like it was a bit much almost I, I, I was getting uncomfortable by the end and that's not like me I like a bit of drums but mm. I think I hope they've watched it and thought oh fucking hell that's not how we were supposed to come across yeah the edit has done us day yeah. or whatever happened yeah no I agree in that what infuriated me the most about that whole boat situation was that all of this drama had been going on with the women from about 10 minutes into episode one. It was like intense. It was from the get-go. It mm. was like straight out of the blocks, out of the gate, whatever, off the blocks, out of the gate, whatever. Mm-hmm. Drama. And obviously I was like, yes, please. Um, but then by episode eight, the men decided to get involved. And all of a sudden, the women began to listen. Did you, oh, it made me feel sick. And these men are these classic, well, we've all met an estate agent in our lives, haven't we? Unfortunately. Turns out the women estate agents in America are a very different breed. The male estate agents cut from the same cloth. Mm -hmm. And if one of them opens their mouth, I'm just like, I've not got, I've really not got time for this, but Mm -hmm. they had a lot of time. And they're all these married men that are being quite, (sighs) like the scene on the beach with the guy. Oh, not Gio, not. I I know who you mean. I don't know their names. And she's like, they've just had two kids, like these two very young children. They might be twins. And she's like, Hey, um, you know, when you go out with work, like, can you maybe invite me? And he's like, well, they're always really last minute events. They're not, babe, because when was your birthday? So. And they're all on TV where you get a production schedule. I just, I didn't like that because I like, listen, I don't, I don't hate men, but I feel like reality TV is a woman's realm. Thank you. I'm sorry. The reason that I didn't watch it immediately, like I did Selling Sunset, was because the pre thankfully the promo didn't really the, the promo wasn't very well done I don't think because it really made it look like it was going to be 50 50 between the men and the women mm-hmm. I don't need the men on these shows I'm just not asked so especially and- but not when they're going to be posited as the voice of fucking reason uh-huh. shut up but it was like the first the, the promo was that initial beach scene where Polly gets naked and it's like oh my god he's so hot and I was like no 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 we've had enough of mm-hmm. that I don't want he's yeah. so hot so I didn't watch it for a while and then Michael went away and I thought you know what I'll just watch it I accidentally watched four hours but it wasn't like that. The men were a bit inconse- inconsequential till the end. So yeah, it, it, if if anyone's not watching it because they can't be asked with the men, it's they're, they're like they're not main characters. I wouldn't worry. They're about not, it. but they they really are there and they really are off putting for mm. the, the scenes that they're in. It's just like, oh god, go away. Um, but yeah, obsessed. I need there to be a season two right I know. now. Well, I've it. I've said Michael's was like, shall I watch it? And I said, don't watch it unless it gets a season two because there's no yeah. point in watching another thing. Right, I need another week because I've had two drinks. Oh, yeah, Right, the final thing, and I've done my research, mm-hmm. is you said Harry Styles, and I said, what? And you said there'd been some drama about Harry Styles. So I spent a good 45 minutes today mm-hmm. catching up on all of it. Mm-hmm. So now I would like you to ask me specific questions. You're not a conspiracy theorist in any way, though. Are you a conspiracy? Well, I, mean, I mean, I know you are, but no, what? I'm, but what's no, the... I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, but I like to humour 
But what's the, what's the conspiracy? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, okay. Just can I give a quick lowdown of the whole event? Yeah. As long as I can do it quickly, which I don't know if I can. <laughs> I'll speed you up when I do the edit. Okay. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> so, Olivia Wilde is directing her second feature film after Booksmart, which is... Oh. If, if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. It's the best female-centric comedy since Bridesmaids, in my opinion. Oh, if you haven't watched so it, you're an absolute lame-o. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really fucking good. Anyway, she is directing, don't worry, darling, at this point, married to Jason Stakers, two children. Yep. Hires for the two, uh, well, casts, for the two main roles, Florence Pugh and Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Now, I think at the time of casting, I'm sure, anyway, whatever, at the time of casting, there have been claims against Shia LaBeouf of sexual assault and maybe domestic violence. Oh, no, so the not at the time of casting, but right. it came out just as they were starting to rehearse, basically. Okay, so then that came out and Florence Pugh said to Olivia Wilde, I'm not comfortable working with this man. And according to, uh, well, according to Olivia Wilde up until recent events, she had said, oh my God, babe, woman to woman, totally get it. Let's Mm. fuck off Shia LaBeouf and get in Harry Styles. Harry Styles is cast. Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles start a relationship. Uh, Some believe allegedly before the end of her relationship with Jason Sudeikis. Mm -hmm. Some believe after yeah, That's still up for discussion. Then at a conference or some kind of talk or whatever a couple of months ago, Olivia Wilde is given a speech about being a woman, <laughs> being a woman in film or something like that. And Jason Sudeikis' lawyer, Sudeikis's lawyer serves her papers on stage at the conference saying that he is suing her for full custody of their children, which obviously fuels the rumors that she had an affair because you don't you don't sue for custody for full custody unless the other party has done something wrong really because obviously the amid the amage the marriage hasn't ended amicably okay so then everyone's like wait a minute is harry styles a home wrecker is olivia wild wild is jason sudeikis a sweetheart potentially all three then it comes out that Shia LaBeouf wasn't sacked from don't worry darling he left and when he was leaving Olivia Wilde sent him a little video recording which I think is just such an error on so many accounts (laughs) I only do that with my friends when I'm really hungover and I think it's funny like I'm either concussed from the night before and my eyes are swollen closed or like I just need to I just need and to it's usually not to Shia LaBeouf it's usually not to Shia LaBeouf and she says something 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 about keeping him on the film it's really important that he stays on the film and then she says and I think this can be a valuable lesson to little Miss Flo meaning of course Florence Pugh who has said I'm not going to work with Shia LaBeouf because he is abusive so then that was released and obviously once again Twitter went wild and then it was, I feel like I'm missing something really crucial. Well, have you seen the texts that have been released from Florence Pugh to Shia LaBeouf? 
Oh, really? I mean, I don't want to feed into this. I feel like a lot of it, almost all of it is alleged, include the only part it that's is. not alleged is the, the video. The video. And even these texts, I mean, they look And genuine. the serve in the papers. The serve in the papers, Jason Sudeikis said he didn't know they were going to do that on stage, but is that normal to do, do it on stage? What? But anyway, these texts between Florence Pugh and Shia LaBeouf are very nice and, and lovely as if and as the implications that no, she wasn't worried about being abusive. However, who knows what you're gonna say? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think the whole thing is is I understand because at the is at the Venice Film Festival. Like mm-hmm. Olivia, no, Florence Pugh is now clearly off Olivia Wilde. A stylist oh. wore a t-shirt saying Miss Flow on it. Like she's she's over it, and I feel sorry for Florence Pugh because she's just been embroiled in this ridiculous fucking drama that she's got absolutely nothing to do with and she's mm-hmm. been dissed by Olivia Wilde so I feel mm-hmm. the most sorry for Florence Pugh but do yeah. have a look at those texts it is interesting <laughs> oh, God. yeah so then we'll quickly Venice Film Festival Florence yeah. Pugh doesn't do the press conference mm-hmm. um there was loads of this is where it kind of really got traction was because Chris Pine who is apparently really well educated has a couple of degrees one of them in literature one I don't know like he's a really well-educated man obviously been an actor for a very long time was doing all of the press junket with Harry Styles and all all that anyone is interested in is Harry Styles obviously even though Harry Styles isn't a good actor in the film he just keeps his normal weird accent and when they ask him questions they're like so what they carry what did you enjoy most about the movie and he goes what I really liked the most about this movie was that it feels like a movie. <laughs> and Chris Pine in multiple gifts, but obviously they can be recontextualized, rolls, seems to be rolling his eyes or seems to just be like, I cannot believe this is my fucking life. Like I'm one of the <laughs> most renowned actors in the world and I'm sitting next to this idiot and no one gives a shit about me. They just want to talk to him. And then at the conference with all of the all of the cast and, and Olivia Wilde uh, journalists asked about the drama between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh. And she says essentially that she's not going to feed the monster. She's like, the internet has enough sustenance, whatever. Um, and then she says, but she will be here tonight. And then that she did show up. Florence Pugh did show up to the red carpet and to the premiere. And apparently, although there isn't any footage of this, hugged everyone except for... Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde further fueling the rumours and then obviously the biggest furore comes from when they're all walking into the screen in one by one it's Olivia Wilde sitting down next to her is Chris Pine in walks Harry Styles and as he bends down it seems as though he spits on Chris Pine because Chris Pine has this moment where he stops clapping stops applauding looks down into his lap and then it looks like is that is he being fucking serious but then another video came out from a different angle and he doesn't he doesn't spit on Chris Pine and my theory my theory on that is that I think Chris Pine has obviously just walked in just before Harry Styles probably didn't elicit half the reaction that Harry Styles did and then Harry Styles walks in and he gets all of these screams and whatever and Chris Pine is like looks down and is like am I not even fucking here that's my okay interpretation of events but I could be well off the money and then I think that's it. Yeah. So the thing that I found difficult, though, was to find anything about Harry Styles in all of this. 
because you were sort of saying the tides turn on Harry Styles yeah and I felt like he was not particularly involved in any of the press about this story it was all about Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde and I found that misogynistic well yeah of course also what I will say is quick misogynistic is that Florence Pugh has been in a relationship with Zach Braff for like quite a long time now the four years maybe (gasps) no yeah quite like a few weeks ago are you okay okay scratch that no I'm really upset Because what I was going to say is fucking double standards. She got so much hate for that relationship that she didn't post him anywhere online. It was like, and it was known that she was like, I can't put him anywhere because I just get abused. Oh, it's fine though. Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are together. So what's the conspiracy? Well, there isn't one, but it's just that, well, I mean, it's that everyone on set, aside from Harry Styles, because he is aligned with Olivia Wilde and Olivia Wilde, are now oh. like want to try and distance themselves in as in any way possible that they can from that film mm. I suppose um, the, the only tide turn I did see was that I was expecting because he's on such an upward trajectory like nominated for Mercury Music Prize he was included in Rolling Stone's 500 best albums of all time Harry Styles so stupid and, I mean I haven't bloody listened but so I was expecting these two twin Oscar-nominated performances where he'd be up against himself at the award ceremony. They've both been met with pretty lukewarm reception. Two two-star reviews from The Guardian. Right, because the point isn't the press. And I don't know what it is. It's so weird. Well, it's misogyny. But the press haven't really clocked onto this, but the people certainly have. Like, this is what I mean. Twitter, usually, for Harry Styles, mm. is a totally safe space. Mm-hmm. If somebody even thinks about him negatively, 100 million people are ready to back him up. Mm. But there's been loads of discourse where people are like, I really didn't expect that from him. And I can't believe he isn't being more because he's because and this is another thing about his sort of gender bending, like sexual identity, personal politics that are a little bit obscure and a little bit like ambivalent. It was like, well, surely he's a huge fucking feminist. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, Florence Pugh is surely in the right. If she doesn't want to work with somebody that allegedly be, uh, has abused women, why isn't Harry Styles being like... I mean, obviously, what can he do? What He can't just be like, yeah. What do you mean, Miss Flo, girlfriend Olivia? And maybe he has done that behind the closed doors, mm-hmm. but that's not enough for the public. And the public are like, I expected more from him and blah, blah, blah. And and the reviews are speaking for themselves. As in like the Rotten Tomato reviews, the user rated The user reviews. ones, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What was I going to say? He's still mega fit though, so. Oh no, that's I, the main thing. He's fit. I forgive him. But the whole, did he, did he break them up? Probably. Doesn't this, I mean, not him necessarily, but did she leave him for her? Probably. Do I care? Not really. Like. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And also something I've learned in my wise age, and this is such a truism to say, is that people's personal politics does not, how do I say this really intellectually? <laughs> Somebody's personal politics, right? You can go on protests. You can, you know, be ambassadors for charities you can say all the right things you can be a fucking stand-up guy in every single way possible 
but you'll still cheat on your wife. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't, that, 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 they're not is related. It mutually excuse. But mutually I'm, I'm, I'm including myself in that as well. You can people all of my politics in my. You know when people say, "Oh God, mm. I hate him." You always think you're right. It's like, well, uh, I can't obviously think I'm right. Otherwise, I wouldn't think it. Uh, so this I is always think I'm right. My politics. Yeah. Love my politics. I am such a stand-up guy. I'm such a feminist. I'm so fantastic. But wait until I make the next hideous mistake in my life. <laughs> These things just aren't related. Yeah. No, I know. I think we've said it before. I really do think we've had that exact combo before. Where it's just like what people. Podcast. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake! I thought it was being really poignant. Well, write in and let us know. No, don't. <laughs> anyway, they're all fit, so never mind. Yeah, and unfortunately, I do have like a long-standing allegiance with Olivia Wilde just because she was Alex in the OC, and yeah, that's Marissa's... where I was introduced. Which had that purple streaks in her hair. Oh, which meant lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Purple streaks in her hair, lesbian. <laughs> Butterfly tattoos, lesbian. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this, and this goes along with my politics thing. All I saw in that video of Olivia Wilde driving through LA, being probably quite duplicitous, who, who knows, probably playing both sides, being horrible to Miss Flo. <laughs> all I thought was, what a gorgeous, enormous face. What it a jawline. Is, it is enormous. She's she's comparable only to Kimberly Walsh, who I've always thought just has the most giant, gorgeous face I've ever seen, Kimberly Walsh. Like, that's a face. But this one, I mean, she couldn't have a passenger in the seat. It was the whole front of the car was just filled with this beautiful... With her jaw. ...skull. <laughs> <laughs> You're not bloody wrong. Quickly, I know we're coming to the end. Yeah. We really are. But... Um, there's this TikTok thing going around at the minute where it says you can categorise the way that everybody on planet Earth looks into one of two categories, and they are rat or frog. Oh, my God. I saw a comedian once who said rat or potato. <laughs> no, it's rat <laughs> or frog. Right, do so me some. I am, I am frog. You are frog. I think rat Olivia, potato is easier. Olivia Wilde, frog. Florence Pugh, frog. Zach Braff, rat. Okay, yeah, you get in there. I am, but do rat and potato. <laughs> because No, 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 because that's not the trend. Better. But we're trying to we're trying to be on trend, Paul. Well, I'm making a new trend, rat and potato. Oh for fuck's sake. Right, do we'll do the spice girls, right? Ready? Rat and potato. Emma Bunton. Okay. I I can't think of anything other than rat or frog, and she would be rat. No, Emma Bunton is a potato. <laughs> Mel Mel C, rat. And then this, I'm just, I'm directly stealing from this woman's comedy thing. And then she went, Natalie Portman, one of the most beautiful rats I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so true, isn't it? Yeah, the she frog is. Thing. Like Florence Pugh, potato. Florence Pugh, frog, 100%. Angelina, jo- Angelina Jolie, frog. Rat. What? No, oh, look at Google her. Google her. She's it. a frog. I, I know what she looks like. I might need to Google a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, bloody hell. Right so, as in, um, rat or potato or rat or frog? It's rat or frog, and I'm going to win the vote on this because it's a TikTok trend. But out of, is... out of rat and potato, I'm a rat. And Michael's a potato. Well, what am I? Potato? You fucking bitch. You are, though? It's I'm not a frog, an insult. It is. It's not? I'd rather be a rat. I'd rather be a living being. <laughs> You're a Maris Piper. 
<laughs> King Edward, I love you. Oh, you're a jacket spud. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Do you want to give one next week's you know. book? Yeah, I'm, I do. I've uh, already read half of it. Fuck I shit. tell you what, it's a tone okay. change. It's a tone change. Oh, God. Okay, it's called Night Crawling, I do believe. Yeah, and guess what I do? You know how I did? Detransition, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. In my head, I keep going. I'm night crawling <laughs> without your love. I'm night crawling. <laughs> okay, night crawling. A novel. We've got another one. Night crawling. Oh. A novel by Layla Motley. It was long listed. It's it is currently long listed for the no shortlisted. Shortlisted. It's not shortlisted. The, oh, has it been announced? Yeah. Who won it? Oh no, just the shortlist has been announced. So it was long listed. Okay. It was long listed, but not shortlisted because I, I started reading. And I was had a look, and I felt a bit sorry for her. That's a very short long list. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe it's a long shortlist. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called Nightcrawling, a novel by Layla Motley, and uh, let me think of a drink right now on the spot. Bear with me. What's a really American drink? Root beer. Root beer. Okay, we're gonna have a. Vodka root beer. Okay. Next is week. root beer the same as dandelion and burdock? Pretty similar. Is it okay. a little bit less? A little bit less in every sense. Okay. Okay. God, I'm really am numb on one side. I feel like I'm listening. <laughs> I feel oh. like Briar from last week's novel. <laughs> um, we're gonna have a vodka root beer, and that's because in 2016 I was in New York and I went to the cinema and I watched Nightcrawler. Yes, I keep getting it mixed up with that name-wise. So that's the link. (laughs) We're going with it. Love it. Great one. Obviously, not started it. Um, and yeah, she's twenty-four, I think, the author, and it's her debut novel, and it was long-listed for the twenty twenty-two Man Booker Prize. So all I'm saying is, it better be fucking good. I'm not saying anything. Okay. Right. Well, fabulous. Thanks very much, Paul, for another wonderful pissed Monday evening. Oh. Gorgeous. And I'll see you next week for Night Crawling and Vodka Root Beer. See you next week. Readingpretension at gmail.com. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>